Welcome back to Anime Savants, everyone. And this week, I am Rex. Oh, man. Continuing previous theme, I am Hie. Oh, all right. And I am Rex for a very specific reason. What is a very <laughs> and, specific reason? And my God. You will find out the reason if, if you beat Zittleblade 3. Damn. Okay, I got to get out of it. I got chapter 6. Oh, you're okay. You're listen. Oh my god. But um, yeah. Uh, whatever. Let's get started this week. Is there anything in particular that you want to talk about before you talk about like your main? Oh thing? yeah. Uh, I, real quick on on um, classroom of the elite. We're not gonna go into any details on because Jordan hasn't caught up yet. I thought this was a good episode. We got a new game coming. Um. Really curious about what they're doing around Ayana Koji and this new girl. Well, I mean, she's been in the class, but this new girl who's kind of coming on to him. But they seem to be playing it vanilla. Like, there doesn't oh. seem to be any malice there. So it's like, is that a... Are we getting some character growth from <laughs> this guy? I, I don't know. Um, so I enjoyed that. Um, I'm slowly catching up on Mushoku Tensei, like, bit by bit by bit. I uh, finished the, the first season. And now I'm sort of at the very beginning of the the next season. Okay. Uh, still, still following all the various isekai. I don't know if we talked last week uh, as much about um, harem in the labyrinth, kind of after the move into full on porn. But the last episode that I think it they released on Wednesday, so I think it came out after when we yeah. re recorded. But the latest episode bothered me because i think actually this is the better of the four isekais because there wasn't a lot of the usual like oh. smut. it was a very they put a lot of effort into the rpg system so it was a system heavy kind of episode and it was just it just reminded me how it bothers me that it's the one it's the trash <laughs> with, with the most going on of like almost anything else that's happening and i would even include some of the non-isekai shows too like it's it's I'm not gonna claim it's not it's not trash. It is trash, but it's inspired trash, and I don't know why. So that that was pretty good. Um, what else? You Ray Deco, the middle we're we're sort of middle season. So I would say like the last couple of episodes have gotten more not so much Monster of the Week, but like once they became the Detective Club and we kind of got that aspect it kind of slowed down into more understanding things about the world. But there's, because uh, the characters are kind of off the grid now and you're seeing what the world is like without the decos. Yeah. It's, it's kind of jarring, but I think it's on purpose. Like the characters are still drawn in a very lively, vibrant way, but they've, but whenever you get the perspective outside of town with the decos not working, everything is like run down and drab and you really can, you really get the feeling of like there's something wrong with this world because you remember what it looked like when you started the series and now you're seeing it without all of the embellishment. Um, and the writing is still really, really good on that as well. I'm trying to think, is there what else um, between then and now that I've looked at? Uh, I watched um, Gundam 0083 uh, Stardust Memory again. Um mm -hmm. I was reminded from, from a YouTube channel that was doing like reviews of all of the Gundam releases chronologically. And, oh. uh, and I, and I, they got to that one and then I stopped it and I was like, I actually had good memories of this. So I went back and, uh, rewatched 
uh, like 80-90% with like a few things skipped over because I remembered it and I kind of didn't need the exposition. And as much as like I really enjoy UC Era Gundam, now that I'm rewatching it kind of quickly end to end and so sporadically over like three years whenever I could get the VHS tapes, I don't think the story holds up because I think there are a couple characters that are absolutely god-awful. And, and for years I saw people like throwing out online and like Gundam Twitter and fandom how much they hate Nina, Nina Purpletons, which uh-huh. is the female... Uh, supporting the main female supporting cast member for this for this series and i always just said i didn't like her design very much but my memory of her was like oh you know pretty grounded working uh individual because she actually had a job you know she was a, a researcher and engineer and did a lot but then i went back and rewatched it and it's true after like episode five or six and probably even before that her character just is the absolute worst and is the catalyst for some absolutely horrible shit. She never gets her come up, and she basically sides. Uh, she switches sides, um, sort of, in the middle of the show. But what it means is it allows her her ex boyfriend to like kill hundreds of thousands of people, and then at the end she doesn't get her come up, and so it's like, oh, this sucks. She does. She sucks. Yeah, no, she doesn't. So I was like, ah, it kind of blows. Um, but a lot of really good suit designs. Gundam GP Zero. One and two are are awesome, even though they're like the chunky, chunky but funky Gundams. <laughs> uh, so I thought that part was cool. So you know, that's pretty much all I I saw in the last. Uh, well, I went so. and I watched the Gundam prologue, and that shit was fucking awesome. Um, happy birthday to you. It's pretty fucked up now. That whole and, scene. And oh my god, and you got a four year old just. Pointing Woo. at shit on the screen. Look, mommy. Die! Look, die! Mommy, look! Look, mommy! <laughs> Doesn't even know what the fuck she doing. Nope. But then also, I just... For that episode to be 24 minutes, like, I was in that shit. Like, they... I don't know who is the director or, like, what's going on, but, like, they, are, they put their foot in that shit for the prologue. So I have, like... I'm looking forward to what we're going to be getting for the season season because that was a really good introduction. Even from just like the very beginning to the hints and the mom trying to go to the 33rd layer and the gun was not responding. The moment, I mean, we already knew that because she's the main character. But like the moment that the doctor put the little girl in the thing and let her like scan in, I'm just like, oh, Lord. Like, Yo, I had oh a, I had bad, like, it, they did a great job grounding so much shit in that episode. So I felt like I learned a lot about the world. I did mm. have like major red flags when they were letting a child kind of just like run around that base. And when, the but whole- nobody was like evil, but, but the, the main doctor or whatever the, their boss was, the old lady, when she let, when she let her, uh, scan in, she did it like, on purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think so too. And I'm like, huh. I don't know about this one. And then she kind of went out like a G, which was pretty cool. I um, do like the the basis though behind the the dom units, the gun, the gun stuff. Gun. Yeah. 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 Where it's like it's it was intentionally made for people who like whose bodies could not adjust naturally to space. So like they needed like orthopedic things, things like that. And then. It was turned into militarized fucking shit. Right. It's, Basically, the brain interface part of it became the core of the of that Gundam system, yeah. or the Gundam system, which is then, you know, uh, 
the catalyst for why there's a different class of mobile suits out there yeah and why they're so different and different. i was like i i bought that um pretty hard actually it's interesting if you go back to like g gundam or all the way back so like when they started doing the alternative century stuff i think mm-hmm. g gundam is the only one where the primary plot wasn't that the gundams themselves are evil in some way because because oh. because if you go Cause forward it was tournament style from the from like exactly exactly i mean obviously like the villain has an evil machine but it wasn't that gundams are evil but then if you go right to the next one wing in wing they were the antagonist suits yeah. technically right yeah. they were yeah and so th- obviously the we know they're the heroes but the gundams were evil in that sense and then uh i don't think um seed kind of had that vibe even though i think the seed they were like developing it in that they yeah i think seed the destiny they kind of leaned into that idea I think a little that bit more. was more so of about like the different races of the humans yeah yeah seed, so in, i know in, i know I in destiny in destiny because they kind of switched perspectives and it was kind of after the the war there uh-huh. there was you got all the enemy suit teams were being basically killed by their machines or that they were like psychopaths. Oh. Um, and then if you go again, like, you know, recently, IBO, Gundams were b- basically evil. They were yeah. like a, you know, yeah. something horrible from the past. And then now again, we're getting the same similar vibe. I don't want to say same. Uh, so I want to see how that plays out. I'm very interested in this new milieu. Also, the suits look great. All the regular Suits suit designs. Great. Yep. Action, action, action was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the dad's suit and his little thing. The, the, I mean, he did something. He didn't the, get, like, washed. Yeah, the antagonist suit clearly has something that can, like, neutralize gunned shit. So, mm-hmm. that, like, hey, but also, how much of this does she remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where we go? Where did they go? Um, how the fuck did she get into the school with the Gundam? Right. How do they know it's not a gun? Like, or do they? I, I think know. it'd be really cool if they take some inspiration from like Gundam Wing, right? The idea of sending her back as like a teenager, like secret operative, mm. you know, wherever she, wherever it is that she winds up. Um, I think that would be just a cool vibe because they're already using other themes from other alternative century Gundams, so um, that would be cool. By the way, I just, I just remembered that also Turn A, the Gundams were evil. Oh, yeah. So, because they because because the, of the world war that like annihilated the planet, and then the moon moon people brought back a a counter Gundam unit that was like a weapon of mass destruction. Oh my so, god! It, I don't. Did you ever watch Turn A? No. Turn A is fucking weird. I I actually recommend it to a lot of people because it's the it's the least Gundam like all uh, alternative century, but also in some ways one of the most. Gundam like and the reason why I like it is that when it gets super weird at the end with like reality altering superpowers and they show glimpses of other Gundam shows oh like, like I thought that shit was fucking wild I thought that was really it, it reminded me in very low-key ways of like uh Bioshock Infinite when they when you know you realize what the power is yeah you know yeah, so like they were doing, they were doing some pretty crazy shit like that. So I really appreciated it. But um, Bioshock Infinite yeah, was anyway. the only Bioshock I played because I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is bright. I can actually do this one." No, that's funny. Mm. Um, so as besides far as, like, uh, Wish stuff, from Mercury, 
Um, yeah, yeah I've been I've been keeping up with Pretty Cure. Um, and I know I like I had that like mini rant last time where I was like, oh, they cheaped out and they did this with the ending and blah blah blah. They actually didn't. They actually came back. Um, and they have like a completely new ending song, which is actually in my opinion one of the best ones in like the entire franchise um song and dance or stuff like that and then i remembered i was doing that ranting but also toei got hacked earlier this year (laughs) so a lot of shit got like derailed because they like took what one piece stopped airing pretty good stopped airing what else did digimon is digimon toei digimon's toei yeah Uh, it is yeah yeah digimon stopped air for a little bit like a lot of like they're like mainstay money makers was like went out of business for a bit so i can imagine that that's probably why that happened um and then also um i really don't talk about like love live that much on here but this new season is very interesting in the way that like a lot of the previous seasons they've made out the like rival teams to be like oh they're they're our rivals but like we're friendly and we're eventually gonna do a duet with them but like this season i am enjoying the way that they're introducing the antagonist not to say that she's like evil or whatever but the girl like they just added a new girl to their group and they did like a premiere with her a new song and shit and they were like on like cloud nine and then all of a sudden they like walk over to like this girl's performance and she's singing solo and she just fucking annihilates the shit to the point where like all the girls are like threatened and they're just like she's way more talented than all of us put together like what the fuck is this shit so cold fact so it's very interesting to see like almost an actual like adversary in the love live series as opposed to just like oh we're friendly rivals it's like no that's a rival like you y'all are not on her level like at all you're gonna have to scrape for that shit so they might be setting it up for a third season for them to like you know because i think the first season had five girls they're going to end this season with nine girls. And then maybe the third season will be about them actually like being cohesive and like competitive. But that that's just something that I thought was interesting as for a series that's been around for a minute. Love Live's been around for a minute. At least 10 years, I think now. Yeah, I think so. Or close to it. But that's, I also watched that. What the hell else was there? I feel like there's. It one feels like a short week, but it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much stuff that I just like have to catch up on. Like, I definitely want to get into the Otherworld Pharmacist simply because it seems like it's my kind of show. Especially mm-hmm. after watching um, the hero quit quitting quitting the hero's party, shit like that. Like, it it gives me. I know they're not going to be like exactly the same, but I mm-hmm. feel like the vibe of just like. They're trying to do something regular and regular shit just ain't gonna fucking happen. Well, apparently that show gets like litty real quick. Like, really? it's not just it's the is it the other world pharmacy? Which is the one yeah, with the other the, world the pharmacist? Yeah, it, the one with the guy who's like a genius who come who like isekai's into the series. That's the, I think is that other world pharmacy. Yeah, apparently the actually the show goes ham. <laughs> really? Yeah, I saw oh. some clips. I'm like, wait, there's there's combat in this. There is. I didn't think there was gonna be combat. I didn't think so either. See, this is what this is. See, this I, I I knew it because that's the exact same thing with like I'm quitting the heroes party. Like that nigga was supposed to be a pharmacist too, and from the first episode they made it very clear this nigga's never gonna be in the house. Like right. he's not gonna be doing this shit. So, all right. Well, I'll be aiming for that. 
Um, what else is there? Pokemon is about to start the semifinals. Ash is about to fight Cynthia, so you know they're about to animate the shit out of that. Um, what else? That, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. All right, it's time. All right, we're getting right to it then. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think I mentioned before, maybe I didn't, that uh, I was rewatching the Yu Yu Hakusho all the way through Dark Tournament up until the uh, the Black Saga arc, which is to me, you know, a lot of people remember the the Dark Tournament as being like the high point, but um, Black Saga, which comes right afterwards, I think, is the culmination of everything that was in the the Dark Tournament. And okay. it's also where a lot of the, I think the show itself peaked. Um, not to say that there weren't really good parts that came after that, but it it combined all the aspects that make Yu Yu Hakusho as compelling as it is because it it it's a storyline that ties all the way back to the beginning. Whereas like you can even think about later series that got big, whether it's Naruto, Bleach, um, any of the other big three. Um, it's closer to what One Piece was doing you know, towards its midpoint in the sense that you didn't characters that you met were still important, like side characters, like hundreds of episodes or, you know, chapters into the future. And it felt like there were a lot of payoffs to what felt, what at the time felt like penultimate confrontations, but they had ripples and, and they kept moving forward. So, um, to start at the beginning, I watched Yu Yu Hakusho in parts when I was, probably around like 12 or 13 years old some of it was on uh what aired on uh toonami i would go to my friend's house and like we would just like chop it up and then we'd watch like whatever was on the block and there was a lot of good stuff in there it was it was uh you know yu yu Hakusho. it was um gundam wing it was dragon ball tenchi muyo it was like all that stuff really awesome but i didn't have cable so i would have the experience of waiting for things to come out on vhs Mm. To get a good deal and then later on dvd and so i kind of watched it in spurts i didn't uh and what i couldn't find i would like download on that really slow ass internet like tiny terrible real video encodes of like vhs rips like it was real bootleg that's all i'm saying like it was the experience was not like it is now of watching it end to end which is one of the ways i got sucked back into it uh, you know you see enough clips and you're like okay let me just go watch like uh, the blu-ray rips that are available um and not just like on third party sites, but I think they're, you know, Crunchyroll, you can watch it on a bunch of other services that are oh, out there. Like it's, okay. it's ubiquitous. You can find it now. And the experience of watching Yu Yu Hakusho end to end, or at least like continuously with like a really high quality rip, gives you time to appreciate all the things that were so well done that have almost nothing to do with the story. First of all, for the time it was released, the animation is excellent excellent like you you know you'll sit there and be like they are doing things with framing and camera angles and you know timing and pacing of certain pieces of the animation that shows today that can do the same stuff cheaper just don't do um the characters in for the most part um you know i would say that that karama doesn't quite get as much development as they should as well as like he a you know he's kind of two note when Someone like Kuwabara, who I overlooked heavily when I was a kid because I felt like he was a dork, is yeah. actually one of the most emotionally well-rounded and characters and also gets like a full, you know, uh, growth circle of his character, probably even more oh. so than Yusuke does because he's the one who kind of 
gets shit on a lot in the beginning, and that does he get he's a badass by the time Black Saga rolls around and he's kind of like not rolling with the team anymore because they lied to him about uh 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 Genkai dying. Like, that mm. whole situation, like, that I remember as a bullet point was actually stretched out over, like, 30 episodes. And it's it's great. And it feels like when they get back together and he powers up and he has no limits, you're like, yo, this is fucking sick. The balance between the main cast, uh, I don't know if that has really been achieved outside of Hunter Hunter. And even in Hunter x Hunter, it's kind of funny because there's... Leorio is kind of in the, um, like the... Like the... the I'm trying to think what spot he kind of fits into. Because I guess it's kind of like Kuwabara, but he doesn't quite get the level of development Power. Kuwabara does. But Well, I mean, like, you know, the he's like the fourth wheel of the team yeah. for the most part. Um, but even he gets moments. But my point is that, like, to, Togashi kind of has a balance that he likes to create among his main characters. And there's something about it that you just can't really find in other series, right? It's a big cast. It's a colorful cast. But nobody ever really feels left out. Even um, Keiko, who, for the most part, is just sort of a, a either a damsel in distress or just a girl who's not involved in the actual story, has a lot of development and her relationship with Yusuke grows over the course of the show in a natural kind of way that makes sense even though like they're both still silly teenagers and it's a lot of bullshit that's happening so my experience like watching it you know kind of front to back in a uh you know the way we like to consume stuff now which is like binge watching left me a lot higher on the series than even i had been from my nostalgic memory um it's just very well paced, at least up until the end of the um, Black Saga. The, some of the stuff that comes after that, I know, like the Three Kings and other someone kind of gets a bad rap for never getting to like the height of the Dark Tournament or the final showdown with uh, um, Sensui in in Black Saga. Like they kind of, it, it did feel like that Togashi was needed new villains and kind of had to summon them up from scratch in a way that they didn't have the same long-term relationship with the rest of the plot that you kind of had building up until that point. But even, like, my memory of the Three Kings saga, it, there's a lot of cool shit in there. I haven't rewatched that part yet, but I remember it being, like, pretty cool. Um, and the last thing I'll say is, God damn, is Yusuke Yurameshi the smokiest nigga I've ever seen in my life. Like, what? I have forgot, I had forgotten that he was about that action 24-7 in like not in the 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 like goofy kind of way that you tend to get with like these type of yankee punk characters like they're brash and they always want to fight but normally the dynamic is they get in over their heads and get their asses kicked and then it's like oh they had to humble themselves and like learn to learn their power better or learn how to fight or whatever and that yeah. does happen in this series in fact like i would say half of the show is some kind of a training arc that is happening. But my bigger point is that Yusuke will just run up on someone and cap them for like 
for almost any reason. There's there's you get that shit like right in the beginning when um I think it's the the artifact saga. I I think that's the first time that he actually gets to like use his like spirit gun power and shit and like yeah. Koenma is trying to train him. And there's a point where he uh he rolls up on on one of the the three demons like Goki and they I think they, that he's the Goki already has uh uh Keiko. And so normally the way that scene plays out is like you run to one of the three bosses You've got the girl, it's like tense, you know, like how's the hero gonna separate them and then then get the No bro. Yusuke beats this dude for the first time, the guy like screams his name and then he blows his head off. Like <laughs> just just because. And that's such a theme across the whole series where like he don't give a single fuck. His main power is a gun. This motherfucker has a gun and he uses it. So I'm just I'm just down for it. I'm down for all this shit. <laughs> Like we need to with if you I just saw that um you know there was a rumor going around that got shot down that there was going to be another uh, Full Metal Alchemist movie. It's not true. It was a it was a hoax. But like I started me thinking like if we're gonna do remakes and I know Hunter Hunter already got its remake. God damn would you Yu Hakusho be yeah. a perfect if we're going we're getting Lum uh next year right. Or is it in in the in the fall or winter? But either way, they're remaking shit from the seventies. We could get a Yu Yu Hakusho remake popping real easy, and the, even the justification for doing it would be pretty strong because a lot of people always felt like uh, the stuff that came after the Black Saga was didn't get the level of care uh, that the some of the things before it. This is a perfect opportunity. It's still popular. People still remember it. Folks are nostalgic for it. Yeah. Uh, it's long. It's a very traditional shonen. They redid like, Shaman King. We did Shaman King. Yeah. Like, this is, let's go, bro. Like, let's fucking do this shit. So. Well, now, listen. Well, you know, Netflix, they swooping them up. So that's not, it's not unrealistic. So that that's all I really got to say about that, that rewatch that it got me hype. I was like, and I, I wish that there was a way. That you could even like relive the feeling of watching that shit on TV. Like, give me those tsunami bumpers on the breaks. <laughs> like, that shit would be fucking tight. Absolutely tight. Which version of tsunami was out? Was that like the original, original one, or was that the one we had? To, it like, was like the, the second update shit. of their block. Because I don't think I don't think they brought in Yu Yu Hakusho until they switched over to the Peter Cullen intros. Like oh, Moltar, okay. all the Moltar stuff was like year one and two, and then the the voice actor who played that character died and so oh. that's when you got like um tom because they were doing because the the first of the original tsunami block was built around like space ghost and mm-hmm. like that stuff and so they used all of those vas for the bumpers and moltar was the the main one the the main character that was in them and then when his his character died they switched to um what, how'd it go they switched to peter cullen and then Tom, and with Peter Cullen doing like uh, some of the 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 promo stuff only. Oh, okay. What's the, okay, what's okay. the name of the voice actor? Just Tom. I'm not forgetting his name. Um, he's a known person, but like, yeah, that, that's my memory of how the order of things went. So if you want to figure out like what era a show was airing back in the day, you can always go back to the promos, and depending on who's doing them, <clears throat> that that'll tell you when it was airing. I have one news news thing. It's my only news thing. And I'm honestly kind of surprised about it. But um, Skate is coming back. My God. With uh, like a full second season and an over. 
I, I am, I am honestly like, I thought it was possible, but I didn't think it was possible like this soon. Like that shit, that was what, 2021? Twenty twenty one and like did we talk about back. the did we talk about like the prospects of this getting a continuation? Back I feel then? like I we, we did. did. I feel like we did because I think we were just more so surprised at how like popular it was, just like to the general public. I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and say I know that they are they are scribbling, they are ready. I just want to know. If Adam is coming back, is he gonna go to jail? Because, like, uh, you know that character is coming back. There's no way that character's not coming but, back. But like, That's... who's gonna be the villain? Because I enjoyed Adam as a villain. Like that was you. <laughs> you literally are hitting niggas with your skateboard on the fucking track. Like it just really didn't get better than that. Like even the last fucking skate thing where they did it in that like chasm and shit i was like i don't give a fuck about this i gave a fuck about that nigga washing niggas like on the track like going backwards riding up to it like a menace he was a menace i loved it so like there was some what's that uh that clip from like the nigerian um uh mortal kombat he's like all i want is problems (laughs) (laughs) that's what that's what he wanted that's adam and so i'm thinking i was like who is going to be the new villain? I'm. You know what? They they have a lot that they could do with it because like they were only really focused on like that one city and then like that town in that area. So they could definitely open it up to the rest of Japan, or they could be like hosting an international thing somewhere in Japan and have like niggas come through. But what needs to stay is that like they need to continue to have like vibrant characters for like each of the pe- the supporting cast. I think that helped it a lot. Like if they just bring like generic ass like skaters who can just fucking like flip like wreck their ass, it's gonna be like I don't care. I want crazy niggas like Adam. Like I need another <laughs> crazy nigga. I need another one. I don't know. So let me ask a question. Do you think that they should go if since we're getting a season two? go over the top immediately i just try to straight up surpass the insanity in season one like like just go right for it or go the other way try to make things feel a lot more grounded and then bring out the like insanity once you kind of lull things back down to a normal place i think that if it would have to be in the first episode they would have to basically make things seem as though you know shit's chill like this is going to be the new path ha 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 and then like near the end of the first episode or at the end of the first episode it's just like psych bitch it's still like someone else took this shit over and now adam is also like bitch what's going on this was mine how like what are you niggas doing here so now adam is also like skating against some other people who are doing something but he had but we actually know like his risk risks because that bitch was right. investigating him so like he has stakes. So in turn he becomes a uh, as he kind of like shuffles himself over into a supporting cast, but still a crazy bitch. So that means he still can hit niggas. He can still hit niggas because he just won't hit the main niggas no more. He'll hit other niggas, and then maybe the other niggas will hit him. Like I'm so I'm so hesitant about like where to place my feelings about a second season. Hey, I'm happy about it, besides just being yeah, yeah. because because. I'm always of two minds. It's like, what would make a better story or a better show versus what would make a better spectacle? 
If right? they go like, deeper into the BL shit. Yeah, um, well, that was kind of where I was leading with this. Because, like, for me, like, the BL aspect of it is not, like... It, they 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 are not subtle about where they want to take the visual of it. But it doesn't really play into the story in a, any kind no. of a meaningful way. At least from what they did in Season 1. They kind of left it very open-ended to visual interpretation. But when it came to, like... And Longa's what actually mom happened? Thought they yeah. were dating, basically. Yeah. Like, yes. Yes. So it's not. So the. So I think I kind of said back when it was airing, like, don't be a fucking coward. Like, either do it or do it. Don't do it. I mean, right? You they given is pretty popular. So like, if they like, you know, just you know, just dabbled them. They just one. They could honestly do Cherry and Joe. Because it's so fucking obvious. It's just like, just do them. They're not like the main, main characters. And Longa and Reki can have their shit or like a girl could call. If they have a love interest this season, then it's just, it's just, oh my God. I just, I, yeah, I uh, would like, so that's what I mean. That If you wanted to absolutely mine the sort of, what's, what's the right word for it? Like, it's like, we use the term, I don't think this is correct, but it's like edging, right? Like. They created ships that BL ships in the 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 visual context of the show. Yeah. But but and I don't think that they were like necessarily shy about any of it. So that's not my thing. But you could easily see, or I could, I could see a situation where they take um the whatever the crazy guy with the mask. I'm forgetting his name and his Shadow. assistant. Yeah, like those two. That's a relationship. Cherry and Joe, I mean, like, they make it, they oh, do the whole, Adam like, and Tadashi. Yeah, like, yeah. that's clearly a, like, even down to when they're doing all the flashbacks and shit. Like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, like, I, I don't, the I don't no need. no genes I, of those two, Jesus There's, there's Christ. so much, there's a lot more in that, honestly, than there, I think, even is in, um, Longa and Reki, and it would, I could easily see them, like, instead of zigging and just making everything, like, they're all gay. Right, like that would be the that would be the 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 logical extension of where you would go if you wanted to to, to just like pander and capitalize. I can easily see them like splitting it in the other way because you could introduce like a third wheel kind of female character into the mix, and you get your to engage implied, to push them. You could get your implied love triangle. Never really go anywhere with it. Just play with it, right? Like she's into it. You know, it could be. She's into Longa. Reki's in the middle of both of them, and Longa's oblivious. And there you get your your yeah. your your three way love triangle that covers every base. But if but given that they were you know they, they didn't really want to they didn't really want to push the subject too hard in the first season outside of like just given scenes of a bunch of boys in a in a hot tub essentially like that like yeah. that's as far as they wanted to go there. You put that in there. You make that uh, you know a. Uh, uh, hard to read you you spin off the other adult characters and then you make it more obvious what you're getting at with those and i could see that sort of being like a middle ground where you're too you've done something new you're not breaking up any of the the fan sort of interest in the different ships you're still able to lean into the bl stuff but now you've broadened the the target of the show a bit very much that's so. what i would do in order to preserve what they already had but that's playing it very, very safe. Whereas if you just go over the top with 
everything from like moment one and just make the whole thing a farce and it's very obviously bl only and that's your target audience i feel like you get a much purer sort of experience at the expense of a probably a better story or at least a more dramatic story yeah so i don't know i don't know which one i would prefer to see now that you said adam and tadashi i'm just like I'm ruined because of the Dojins. So now I'm just like... Oh, I don't know nothing about all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but like, I'm ruined because of the Dojins of those two. So like, if I, the moment I see them on the fucking screen, I'm just going to be like, uh, oh, wait, no. Yeah. That is not canon. But the way that they are portrayed in the show is kind of just like, oh my God, like, it's so obvious <laughs> that something has happened between you two. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. But even if it didn't, the... I liked the archetype that that relationship played into both in like culturally for japan and i don't know you tell me if that's like common in like bl things but like you know the office romance type where it's you know strong handsome dude sort of submissive servant type person oh yeah oh yeah right but because it's because it's repressed through the cult because because adam's family is like super parochial very traditional mm-hmm. you know and he, they try to say oh his love of skating is the thing that made him an outcast but you could easily that was supposed to be an allegory for you know like like homosexuality clearly oh my god like, that's what the, that's how it was written just, you know what yeah so he I, so i'm saying is that relationship already fits into a very strong and clear archetype that already exists in like bl and uh 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 romance in general yeah romance in general even yeah there we go yeah it already fits there the longa and recce thing i don't think it's as quite as obvious because the nature of their relationship is actually based around and all the twists and turns that it took were like you know you could cast that easily in a completely non- romantic yeah, kind of way a lot of that completely. is definitely chalked up to jealousy and just exactly. like frustration yeah and that yeah. they play with sort of like the oh this was all a misunderstanding kind of angle on you know what people think about them or what they might see yeah but they don't lean into the that special relationship the way they do with the adult characters and so that's what i mean like if you wanted to which might be purposeful which is good for once yes <laughs> yes so... Well, is, you, yeah. we say that, and then, like, Adam trying to, like, skate rape people to death, <laughs> like, children. Like, that's a that's okay. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, there are ways I, I could see making it a... I'm using the word better. I don't mean better in terms of, like, less gay. I mean better <laughs> in terms of there's more meat on the bone to tell stories. Whereas, if you just yeah. go right into the, you know, the ship... Not a the ship, fest. Yeah, right, right, right. And make it, and again, make it more complicated. You know, more shit to work out. Give us some opportunity to meet new characters that fit into the dynamic, but change it so that there's evolution and growth. And if you want to, at the end, pay off all of the baiting that you've been doing, go ahead. Go crazy. You know, like, I think that's fine. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think that. They're gonna look at that show. They're gonna look at all the all the energy that it got moving and which mm-hmm. communities were responding. And they're just gonna feed them. They're gonna fucking shovel that shit into their mouths. Like, <laughs> oh, you want more beautiful boys touching each other and and crying into each other? Yeah, Longest yeah, you can, we can give you that shit. Into town. Right. 
longest beautiful cousin who's half American, right? And half Japanese, not half. Can Canadian. I? Can I just say one thing? I if they do that, I hope they don't do the thing where it's like, oh, it's a it's an actual beautiful boy that people think is a girl. I don't like that. Oh, like you know, I think we're past that. I think we're I, past no, that. Oh, we are not. Oh, you probably just nailed it on the fucking head. Yeah. Oh. Like, because to me, that's where we step over the line into baiting. I'm not saying that there no, aren't like beautiful kind of people at all, but no. the way it tends to play out in anime, it's like, come on, we're in a more open world. We can you just, just like said it. that love triangle. Yeah. yeah. It's going. It's Longa's gonna be oblivious. The cousin's gonna be there, and then Reki's gonna get a crush on the the female passing cousin yeah. without anyone telling it. That's gonna be a comedy gag. For the season. I, and I hope it, I hope they don't do that. So we could be better than that, I think. Maybe not. It doesn't have Maybe to be a can. main plot. Like, it could just be like a, a okay. small thing. We have a way. But you, I would not put that past them because I. There's a silliness that to the show that I think they they would explore that yeah, just I to agree. fuck with people. But um, never know, never know. So never we, know. we 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 talked a lot about these relationships, but what about the actual skating part of it? I don't care. They didn't go full supernatural, so I don't even like. So that that's kind of what I'm saying is like, yeah, what, in the very beginning about going all out versus pulling it back and trying at least to make it a little bit more grounded because I that's what I really got into me personally. I'm not saying I didn't I didn't I wasn't feeling the other vibes. I think those yeah. were cool. But what I was getting into was like the fantastical concept of somebody coming in and using like snowboarder moves or like snowboarder like style in skating in this crazy competition that doesn't make any sense to like, you know, show me some cool ass shit. And they 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 almost got there I think in the finale. You know, with Adam going fucking crazy yeah. and that ridiculous. But then, but then that I think we said this both at the time when we were reviewing it. It got to the point where like they had kind of run out of ideas of what to do with the actual skating. Yeah, because we kind of got in the same course the I entire mean, they show. They were only gonna skate down like that jagged fucking like yeah, thing, like so many times. It's just like okay, you have reinforced the wheels. Like, it doesn't yeah. happen anymore. Like, that right. It's like, okay, yeah, that's great. Or Recky's, um, what's gonna call it? Recky's custom boards. The, the one thing that maybe might switch it up is if it's, like, it's skate, but as opposed to skateboarding, they go to, like, inline skates, and it becomes, like, parkour-ish. Then that could be a, a different thing where they're, like, they go to a completely different medium of skating, yeah, and the and the know. first half of the first season was all about teaching people who don't know anything about skateboarding. Yeah, b- the basic rules of skateboarding and doing it through a, a the character and the relationship that he has with Longa. Like th- I thought that part was the actually the most compelling because it was the one that like I could see touching lots of different audiences and still being fun. And when they got away from it in the middle and towards the end, I was actually, I felt like that was a downer. I felt like this is what an opportunity we could have had to really get a lot of like cool, wild, fantastical skateboard related gimmicks. And unfortunately it kind of, it all, it all collapsed into the Adam, Longa, Recky, Jealousy bit. (sighs) Where we didn't really do a lot in those first the middle three, and then the end it came like super fast, like 
Adam's getting investigated by the government, but he's also supporting someone running for office. And his, then we get the crayon backstory with Tadashi. And then he Tadashi still wants to skate fuck longer, no matter what. Right. And then, right. like, he, he has to have a match with with uh with adam before oh, yeah, we can get to the finale it's adam and eve and longa is his eve and oh, yes goodness. and they're like uh, and i'm not saying any of that was like bad but it was crammed into remember remember when we yeah. were reviewing it and, to, and we started getting the tadashi flashbacks and we realized that tadashi actually had to have the 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 race before longa but he had never been established as a character yeah. for like nine episodes so they just like shoved him into the competition right at the end. I was like, I'm losing track of like what matters anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I hope that they take notes and don't do that again. Give me more skating. Give me a couple new characters. Play with the character dynamics a little bit. Lean into the BL at the top end and then at the bottom end, like make it more complicated. And I'm cool. That's what I want from the series. Everything else is good. Animation, good. Concept, yeah. ridiculous, good. Let's do that. Yeah. Agreed. Did you have any news items that peculiar your interest this week? Uh, not, not, nothing like crazy in particular. I think that there, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but there were, um, uh, at least one or two trailers. There's like that weird, oh, there's an unaired Mushoku Tensei OVA, which I keep seeing on the list. Somebody oh, yeah, should tell me if I out. should watch the... Yeah, should I watch this where it's supposed to be? Because it's early in the story, early, way earlier in the story. But I don't know if it's like canon. No, you should, well, you should need you need to watch it after the end of this season because okay. there's a there's there's a lot of shit that goes down in the final like two or three episodes. But I think <clears throat> I haven't watched it over myself. But I think the reasonings be- behind certain people making certain choices is. Mm-hmm is explained in those ovas as opposed to like okay that stuff so i mean, maybe you could watch it but i don't know i haven't watched over so it might spoil in addition to explaining but i mean you don't you don't really care about you really yeah i mean so the, and then the only other thing is that um psychopaths is getting uh another film okay cool so i don't know where the i have no idea what to like i watched the first and the second season and then after that i was like what the fuck do i do next like there's a video uh, game there's a third season there's their movies are they compilation movies are they continuation I movies know. i was like i don't know where do if i want to hop back in where because Couldn't tell you i i enjoyed the first two seasons i enjoyed the first season way more than i enjoyed the second season but I like when the third season came out i was like wait a second but i feel like there's a whole bunch of supplementary material that i need now to mm-hmm. watch this season. So that's why I didn't watch the third season. Because I was just like, bruh, what? Am I going to be lost? Yes or no? And I, I so. can't tell you very much about the third season either. Because I really did not like season two. Um, and I think yeah. I didn't like it. I think that if season two had been its own show. Like, and Psychopaths never existed. I would probably have positive feelings about it. But because I know what they were able to pull off in season one. Yeah. The fact that it fell so short of those ideas with like characters that were basically carbon copies of a lot of characters from season one. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think that's why I fell off of it. And because of that, I don't know shit about what to do. If you, if you were also in the same boat, you know, or even stopped at season one. Like, I, I have no recommendations. So I'm kind of waiting for somebody else to bite the bullet and tell me. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, in addition to that, there was also uh, um, a couple of Haikyuu movies also announced. Oh yeah, and I, just I don't all the way know. Over I forgot. Yeah, and I don't know if they are worth being super excited for, except for just good animation, probably. Um, did you finish the manga? Uh, I did. I did. Are the movies uh, going to be the finale? Or are they I just going to be don't, arcs? Th- not in... based on the titles, because one of them looks like oh. it's like based on a special match, which in the history of like sports anime, they get like OVA or movie treatments after the fact. They tend to... Like you have to introduce like a whole new cast of of antagonist players, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it just feels like opportunity for more fan service rather than a continuation or okay. a period, story. an exclamation point on a story. So I don't, I truly don't know what to think other than it will get great uh, production from Production IG, probably, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the music will probably be really good. But that's all I can really cop to so i'll probably watch them whenever they come out eventually but other than that i I don't know what else to to say about it oh i have a question since you've read um a a decent chunk of tokyo revengers Mm -hmm. where the fuck are the parents ah okay do they ever show up (laughs) like just a yes or no because i'm like I don't like think someone asked. From that? my memory of it, they don't. Oh my god! Okay, but okay. but things change a lot. How do I say this without spoiling anything? The way the future winds up in some of the iterations of the loop are mm-hmm. so wildly different from each other that mm. it's very possible that in some of them they did show up for something, and I just don't remember. Oh, okay. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. Like, what we saw in the anime, like, the variants, remember, like, he starts out, his life is terrible. He's mm-hmm. kind of, like, living on his own. It's like, everything's gone to shit. Then he had the one where he came back, and he was, like, a member of the the, the gang, but the gang had gone fucking Hollywood with, the, with that crazy motherfucker in charge. So that was very different, right? Because, like, when he wakes up... He's getting shuttled around in like a, a, yeah, a limo yeah, yeah. and he's got money. There's other versions of the future that are like almost post-apocalyptic, I guess, in some ways. Uh, so that's what I mean. Like, Oh, wow. Okay. In some ways. Not like whatever you're thinking, I'm not giving you hints because it will <laughs> you it will make sense when you when you get to that part of the story. But like it's so wildly different that I just don't even know. Yeah, you know, where to where to put that? You know what I mean? Okay. So the parents, as far as I remember, are not really around. But like, it's the same thing. Nobody's parents are really around except for uh, the family of his girlfriend, who are always something's happening over there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was uh, shoot. I'm there's one piece of news that. Oh yes, the, I did want to talk about this real briefly. The sort of kind of not really announcement about Bleach and Disney Plus. So has that been confirmed? No. And so that's the thing I wanted to talk a little bit about is more like the how these rumors kind of blow up because yeah, I did see the account that tweeted it is not official like at no, all. No, not at all. It's a it's technically they are known as a leak account but like they don't have any standing. It's not like oh this is a very common one. So okay, for those who are not aware, uh at some point in the last week, uh the news 
that Disney had acquired the distribution rights for Bleach leaked onto, I'm using leaked in a very loose way, but leaked onto Twitter and then were, were picked up and amplified by all sorts of people. Some of them were clowning it. Some of them were lamenting like, oh God, like it's it's going to get Disney plusified. It, the rumor then metastasized beyond just, oh, Disney is uh, uh, going to be distributing. That they're somehow going to produce the show and make it suck somehow because I even saw, did I tell nobody is reading anything? Wait, some people some, said that they were going to produce it? That, because they didn't understand. They thought that for some reason Just Disney Plus Breach, the right it meant that they had they bought the series, it. but they didn't realize that it was basically, it's it's more... I mean, like it's God, half it's half finished right now. So it's like it's just like dumb shit, right? People reacting to a headline they don't even understand that may or may not be true. I reached out to a couple of people who I know would know mm-hmm. um, if such a thing were happening, and I can tell you the following: that there has been no chatter, you know, among the folks who should know about these things that Disney has even had any conversation about lo- about localizing Bleach. I know for a fact that artist calls have already gone out, went out like I want to say last month for the English dub of Bleach, mm. and it was through the normal channels that uh, would have gotten it, not through Disney channels of like hiring of voice actors. So you know, basically, I know people who are so going up for these roles. Lied out their ass. I'm I'm not saying that fired. they lied, but like nothing has changed about the. The The localization process that would tell you that Disney is the one running it and they would have to, it would have to change because Disney would get its own people involved in the VA recording side of things. If it did, it might still be the same uh, actors that got cast, but they'd be going through a different channel. Okay. So that part I know for a fact has not changed. The other thing that I know is that even if Disney had bought the distribution rights, obviously they wouldn't be doing anything to the content of the show that was being created for Japan. So because that if they got it now, that's already been animated, right? We're yeah. maybe like a month or two away, a month and a half about away from the start of that season. And we talked about this in the previous episode that um, even a one core show, by the time the the season starts, they are about 80%, if not more, done with all the shit that you would need to ship episodes. I.e., the first half of episodes or more are totally finished, locked, ready to go on TV by the time the the season starts. So even if Disney had, like, bought, you know, um, who produces it? I guess Viz, Viz doesn't own it. Who owns it? Um, it's Shonen Jump and... Mm-hmm whoever's producing it. If they had yeah. literally bought the whole company, it still wouldn't change anything about this season um, because the production's already so far gone, you know, unless they canceled it and started over for some idiotic reason, which would negate the whole point of buying shit. Nothing's happening. So, all that adds up to, this is a rumor that has no evidence behind it whatsoever, but people bought into it and then went crazy with it for three days. And I'll admit, I thought it was funny you know, the shit w- the was mad funny, like, people cutting, like, I'm Ichigo Kurosaki, and you're watching Bleach on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> like, the people doing that, that, that shit's mad funny. I, I'm not, or putting putting all the Bleach characters in uh, Kingdom Hearts um, outfits oh and shit. Oh my god. Like, the, the, yeah, the Organization 13 suits. Yeah, like, that that yeah. stuff is, is funny, but the thing that's not so funny is the knee-jerk freakout about information that had no 
factual basis to the point where it even made it to what I would consider sort of mainstream or mainstream adjacent news platforms, not your Kotaku's, not your uh, comicbook.com, not like that level of stuff. But I was seeing the story picked up other places in legitimate print and then people would point back to those print stories which if you read them they basically said a twitter user made this claim but because there's a headline disney may have acquired those rights people then took it as being much more serious than it was so not i didn't think that was i thought that was a perfect example of sort of a uh the misuse of social media yeah and sensationalism absolutely yeah i mean I just took it for what it was. I was just like, I mean, if it's true, I'm still going to get it. I'm still going to find a way to fucking watch it. And if it's not true, I'm going to find a way to fucking watch it. Like, mm-hmm. it be what it be. But So, yeah, yeah, that was the last bit I want to talk about. But it was less that it was news and more that it was fake news. Literal fake news. Fake news. Well, they they did freak the fuck out, though. Yeah. Those mm. memes were funny, though. They were fucking they were funny. The memes, the um, memes were popping. That's true. Um. Okay, yeah. So then, I guess... I, I actually have like, well, it's a recommendation. It's a recommendation that might become a manhwa. I feel like they're going to make a manhwa version of this because they've been doing it with a lot of the K-dramas that are popular. But um, so my recommendation for this week um, is The Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Um, and basically it's a Netflix Korean drama, but it's actually extremely heartfelt and just really fucking good and well put together and it's very it's episodic so you know i mean there's def- there's definitely like a continuing through line story but the main thing about the show is that the main uh, character has um high functioning autism but she's a genius lawyer wherein the fact that she um she literally like memorizes like damn near like everything that she reads and so she ended up when she was really little, she didn't talk until she was five years old. And when she first talked, she was just like mouthing off um, like law terms and like from like a law because her father was getting assaulted. And Wait, so is this Attorney Wu? Yeah, Attorney Wu. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. My wife loves this. I, I was like oh. blanking. I was like, I know this show. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I just I just started watching it on Saturday and I've just been like, this is so fucking good. Yeah, I have actually seen the first few episodes of that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Oh, well then, yeah, then you know, y'all, it's really fucking good. It's heartfelt. I love, I just, I love, I, they're not afraid. I mean, they're not, well, no, actually they're dealing with a lot. They deal with everything because we didn't got, yes. I, mean, I got suicide, like North Korean defector shit going on, like orphan, like, they're going on it, but also they're not ignoring the main character. They didn't just do like a one-time gimmick where they're like, she has autism, but she's a genius, so she can handle all this. It's like, no, like she has autism and she's actually learning how to deal with people because her primary human interactions have been her father and her best friend. Mm-hmm. And those have primarily just been defending her from other people just being absolute filth to people with disabilities. So it's it's just so good and it, it shines a light like it puts a mirror up to the fucking like tv screen sometimes it's like you didn't you didn't done this shit too haven't you you sure have absolutely mm-hmm. but also as someone who enjoys law and order svu a lot um it's i i love i love it like just just you know law shows and not so much cops the cops are like non-existent in the show which is think something that i like but it's primarily about like what goes on in the law office and uh, like 
in the beginning, it's more so of, you know, following the law to the code. But then she herself, because she's autistic and she, like, is very, like, organized and things have to be in a certain way, she has to learn that, like, sometimes you cannot just do this shit, like, straightforward. You have to, like, finesse and, Mm -hmm. you know, you gotta... Sometimes you gotta do a little something to get it, get some results. So yeah, there were there were like three real big scenes for me. The I won't go through all of them, but like the one that really got me, I think, was probably from the third episode. It might be the second episode, or it could be the third episode, which is the one where she's thinking about like, okay, I'm never because I'm autistic, I'm never going to get married and like have like the yeah. kind of kind of moments for my father. And yeah. at the end, when she apologizes to him for that, that she'll never be able to give him that, and kind of like walks out of scene, and the look on the father's face is just like completely crushed, like because she finally brought him home, like you know, food from a like yeah. a fancy place. Like I was like, oh, you you're killing me, guys! It's killing me. There was that one. And then one she's like, I'm gonna go take a shower. Yeah, and then like, she just like lights out of there. I'm like, bro, yeah. this is some heavy. This is this is heavy as fuck. Like yes. seriously. Um, and as you point out, like her growth as a character they they go out of their way to make it um to be very clear that her disability is a disability but at the same time it's not like she she's not a pit a character you're supposed to pity no in the show at all you know even when she's making because she's not uh, helpless yeah absolutely not helpless absolutely alive in her own story which you know, maybe I maybe I underestimated that from you know a a foreign drama, and that was to yeah. my detriment because they do such a better job, I think, presenting like her both her struggle with mental health, but just her her life as a as a kind of a full life where the people around her, um, they probably have more problems um, dealing with people than she does because for her it is very straightforward yeah um which which i thought was a, a great touch and i think the the last thing i you know you mentioned like law and order and like you, you're into those shows i'm also into them and one of my favorite it was criminal intent but i always had this thing when i was watching was like because i don't know korean law there would be times when things would happen I'm like can you do that <laughs> like 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 uh yeah. like when the 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 bride i don't want to give away if anyone's gonna watch it but there's a there's a there's a uh, scene or an episode that's more about like tort a little bit where it involves a hotel and a yeah. wedding that doesn't go the right way. And there's a reveal that happens in court where I'm like, I don't think you could just do that in a, but that's an American court. I don't know what you're allowed to just do in a Korean court. Yeah. You know, that, that that's because I'm ignorant. I don't know. Uh, well, it's nothing yeah, wrong I with mean... the show at all. And that's another thing, though. I could be like, they could be saying shit on here that is definitely not in the Korean fucking law. Yeah, this bad defamation that happens in these yeah. courtrooms. This is an episode where they, the, one of the attorneys straight up says, like, you can't try this person because you're autistic. And I'm like, you can't do, you could not do that in yes. American court. Yeah. Oh, that was so, ooh, I fucking hated that episode. Oh, that was a wild episode. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, she, she got, she got that. him on that one at the end, but still. Yeah, but no, that was, but that also, that's one of the episodes that made me love it so much more where they, like, those problems, they weren't just like, and that was the end of that episode. Like, that shit is still, like, it's still folding over into the rest of the series right Yeah, now. exactly. Because niggas never apologize. Actually, a lot of them didn't even realize the position that they put her in. No, They're still just no. using her. So, 
yeah, that shit's still like it's snowballing. So I'm like, thank you. Like I'm still like all that shit from there. Yeah, bring it back up because she didn't have the like ability to do that then. But like, okay, mm-hmm. like it's it's just a really good series, y'all. Like, yeah, just, yeah, and I I can say my wife liked it a lot, and she was the one who actually introduced it. I think me. the last two episodes are coming out this week too. Okay, yeah, that which is something like that I do like about Netflix's release schedule for K dramas. I don't know if mm-hmm. any other platform does it, but Netflix releases two episodes per week, so they're doing an episode I think on Monday and an episode on Thursday, and that's not bad because you don't have that huge of a wait between like the next one. Like one is two days, the next one's three days. Like, bam, you get your next fix. It's a nice way to keep people, like, coming back constantly. So. Yep. Yeah, that was my recommendation. Okay. Well, I have a kind of loose recommendation um, because it's not a very long series. It was one that uh, I started to get super frustrated with because of the pacing. But oh. now I'm like, I'm now, I want to, I'm thirsty for more. Uh, and so... It's a it's a manhwa series called Night Under Heart. Um, I don't even know if it's like there's more than ten episodes or episode ten chapters out through Webtoon, but there are other ways that you can read it if you want to to be kind of caught up. And it's you know I have a my habit is like I tend to like series that take overdone concepts and then drill into one part of them that actually tends to work very well and stay on that so in the case of nine under heart it's a uh, not an isekai but a trapped in a vr game type series but it's not permanent permanently trapped Wait, the general gist of it is like sao a little bit it it's definitely takes inspiration but the intent and the focus is so much more uh clear cut so the general concept is that the the main character is a um uh very, very, very motivated uh, teen gamer who gets access to a game that uses VR. But instead of like in his house or whatever getting trapped, he's invited to do like a beta test program and work for the company that's making this game. Um, he's essentially lured into the simulator where he's forced to relive a war scene in under conditions where he can feel everything and including his own death. And he's forced to relive that scene tens, twenties, hundreds of times with the goal of of breaking his mind in order oh. to test the limits of what this machine and the simulation can do. Now, there's more to it than that. And there's a plot that spins out into the real world that they're only just starting to touch on. But I want to just hone in on something I really liked about this series that it I had to get over my own biases to you know to 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 enjoy so there's only about 30 chapters or so that are that are currently out and translated right now but basically the first if you start from like chapter three two or three where he gets into the simulation 20 there's 20 plus chapters of the same scene playing out again and again and again and you in normally in these types of stories, because the audience is so primed to know what the tropes are, oh, I've watched SAO, or I've watched this other or read this other very similar story, authors will tend to just skip all of the 
interesting grind and get right to the power fantasy of the main character going berserk and he's crazy and super skilled. This series does the exact opposite. It's chapter after chapter of the main character shitting his pants and dying in horrific ways, cursing his life, cursing the, the, the system that he's now stuck in, not understanding anything that's going on, and it's, it, it is deliberately paced exceptionally slowly. So that Whoa. by the time you're at like chapter 25 and his, his brain hasn't broken... And now he's just filled with rage and he's starting to test the limits of the system and figuring out that like something is wrong here. Something like, you know, you, the growth is actually earned. Whereas like even in SAO, in SAO, they skip like everything from the moment the Kirito is trapped in the game to when he's the black swordsman. Yeah. They yeah. do that in one episode. They skip yeah. all of it in like, there's like one flashback to when like he's already overpowered, but like he hasn't gone on with the plot and it's like he meet you know that other party and then they all die and that's supposed to be like his motivation to be a loner piece of shit for a while like but other than that they skip everything in the the, like the middle of the story that first season just to get to him being a badass who can't die you know because his stats are maxed out this is the polar opposite there are almost no characters in the story it's basically the main character a npc well we don't know if she's an npc what someone we suspect is an NPC who continually dies to save his life before he gets horrifically murdered. There's like a couple other like very cowardly uh, supporting NPCs that are there that he slowly figures out have been programmed to to screw him and make oh. him not to not even to make him not even question whether what he's been tasked to do is the the point of the simulation. And it takes about, like, it takes a while. It takes, like, 15 to 18 chapters for him to figure out that, like, there's more going on than this, like, war scene where he's suddenly thrust into fighting. Everyone runs away, and he gets killed by a horde of soldiers. Go, You know, like, it takes a while. But then once he figures out them motherfuckers are, like, are, are fucking him, it the tone of the whole story just shifts in the way where you want him to... OP, take revenge on all these shitty characters that are around so, him. And because earned revenge. 100%. And because he constantly dies and loops, him figuring out what he has to change in order to get to a stage of what's going There's a lot of dead ends. Like, he reaches a lot of dead ends and realizes, like, this oh. is wrong, something is fucked up. But it's not, like, a world-spanning story, nor is it even as big as something like Summertime Rendering. Like, it's a very tight, scoped... Uh, a story that we're following and by the time i'm at where i'm at where you know things happen and he's able to make a little bit of significant progress i'm now so interested in the other mystery of what's going on because there's a character that you're introduced to right in the beginning that you think is the person that he's fixated on but it turns out they aren't and when you he meets that character later Instead of, like, saying, oh, thank God, another human, the first thing he does is he breaks this bitch's legs. Oh, what? And I was here for it. He, he fucking stretches her and breaks her legs. He's like, bitch, I know you went on it, too. Like, and we don't know if that's true. We don't oh know. Oh, my God. We don't know. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, you know, I, I have it up here, so, you know. Yep. It's called Night Under Heart. I, I was a... It was a quick find this week. I thought it was pretty fun. Now I'm like, 
kind of bugging because I, I'm like, ah, I could have waited on this one and it could have built up some more shit and, you know, the like, ah, you know, cause I'm into <laughs> it. I'm into it. And, and yeah, so, uh, so that's my recommendation for the week. Other than if you haven't watched Yu Yu Hakusho in modern times, go do that too because that's also great. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Okay, well, you know, if you haven't already, make sure you uh, like and subscribe, comment on the YouTube video, but you can also find us on regular anime underscore savants on Twitter and then anime savants on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean. Look at that. Look at that. All of the thingies. It's out there. And if you can rate it, rate it, please. Yes, please. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at Neural Handshake. Um, I think I said last week some folks were very kind to point me in the direction of some good, good uh, mon we're reading. I had not been aware of or had lost track of. Um, I got one recommendation this week. Unfortunately, I'd already read it, so thank you. Um, mm. But if you guys have ideas, stuff you've run across, uh, th- there is another series that I, I I will talk about at a later date. It's not much to it, and. Wildly enough, it's actually a manhua, which is Chinese, but it's pretty freaking good. It's just not a lot has been released yet, so I want to hold back on a recommendation until there's a little more meat on the bone. But uh, that 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 shit is coming. So, thank you guys. Yeah, good shit. Alrighty, that's all. Bye. Peace out. Peace.